Getting into more of the front seven of NFL draft prospects for the 2023 NFL draft, edge rushers and linebackers on today's episode of Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of PNW is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right. We did defensive tackles yeah, two days ago here mm-hmm. uh, on the pod. Uh, Matt Williamson's draft rankings for the 2023 NFL draft. Getting into edge and linebackers today, Matt. And there might be some crossover with these positions, but um, a really strong group of, I think, actually both linebackers and edge rushers, but especially the edge guys, uh, it, it's there's some some guys at the top, and uh, it's pretty deep throughout probably day two and, and maybe even to, into day three with some interesting prospects. I think the edge class is loaded, and it just seems like there's more and more unbelievable athletes on the defensive front coming in year after year, particularly at edge, but also inside, and this year exemplifies that. There's a lot of length. There's a lot of bigger dudes that are, 265, 270, 65. You know, there's also the smaller guys. There's power players. There's a lot of edges that could bump inside. There's some dudes that were hard to rank. Should he be a tackle? Should he be an edge? Even one of them on here, Nolan Smith, I kind of took a cheat code and called him an off the ball linebacker, even though he's more edge than off the ball linebacker. So let's dig in. But I mean, there's 10 to 12 names that are all really enticing. Yeah, it's tough with edge, and, and I like yeah. the term edge just because it incorporates sort of stand-up rushers and and hand-on-the-ground rushers, but uh, you having Nolan Smith in the linebackers category makes me feel more like this is – I mean, you're a Pittsburgh guy, right? So you're used to those mm-hmm. odd fronts. And so oh, yeah, 3 four telling guys. what a linebacker is, what a defensive end is. Uh, looking at the pure defensive ends here, the top guy, is it still Will Anderson? I know it was Will Anderson for you last time we checked it. Yeah, he's outstanding. I think he's a noticeably better prospect than anyone else in this group. But I don't think he's Nick Bosa coming out or Miles Garrett. I mean, I've seen other edge players that I'm more impressed with coming out of school. And, you know, I'm not saying he put it in neutral his senior year, but they they didn't have as much to play for at Bama as they usually do. And again, he was still phenomenal, but I felt like there were times where he kind of took it easy and, you know, realized that this is a business decision. I don't think he's quite as talented as those guys, though. I mean, I'd take Miles Garrett over him. Yeah, the, it, I would actually say he's pretty close to Nick Bosa as a prospect for me. Okay. I love Will Anderson. And and that was sort of the knock on Nick Bosa was that oh, he's not Miles Garrett, you know, because he's not 6'5", <laughs> 270 that runs a 4'5". But really, when you when you do a tale of the tape with Nick Bosa and Will Anderson and you look at how uh, advanced they were at a young age, uh, mm-hmm. their production and their yeah. height, weight, speed numbers, I think 
Will Anderson matches up really well with Nick Bosa. Okay. And in the non-Miles Garrett complete freak of nature category, because Nick Bosa got knocked a little bit in the draft process because he was only, you know, 6'2". He's under 6'3". Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's 260, but he wasn't 275. And he didn't run a 4'5 flat. And he wasn't quite freaky, but he was so good and explosive, but just didn't quite have the the ridiculous miles garrett thing and so people are like ah well you know maybe josh allen is better maybe brian burns is better maybe quinn and williams should be drafted in front of him and and this does remind me a little bit of the bosa quinn and williams thing with with uh jalen carter and and will anderson in this draft class because a lot of people thought quinn and williams was the was the better player um but uh, i i am i I don't think any gm is going to sleep easier the night after uh thursday april 27th than the team that drafts Will Anderson. I think he's easy. I think he has tech. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got bend. He has a, such great production and his numbers, even though he's not 6'5, 270, his athletic testing numbers were great. They were really, really good. So mm-hmm. I have no problem putting Will Anderson in that category of freaky guys. And maybe his production was a little bit better uh, the year before in 2021 than 2022, but his production was still great. And you're like, you're knocking a guy for 10 sacks. And some of these other players we're talking about that might be competing with him couldn't even get there with their production. So, um, uh, give me Will Anderson all day. Love Will Anderson, top non quarterback in this class. Don't overthink it. NFL GMs, Will Anderson is that dude. And to your point, maybe Miles Garrett just kind of ruined things for everybody a little bit. You, you know <laughs> what I mean? Saying, oh, this guy was not Calvin Johnson. It was like, well, where's the other Calvin Johnson ever been? Yeah. I mean, like, since Julius Peppers, has there been a, a guy that came in the league like Miles Garrett? So, yeah. yeah, maybe he just ruined things for other other folks. So that being said, who is your number two edge? And is it the guy that's got a lot of helium right now that uh, Lance Zerline actually mocked number two overall to his Houston Texans? Did he really? I didn't see that. Did you see it? Oh, you got to check out the the latest Lance Zerline mock draft from this week. And uh, um, people are flipping out because he's a Houston guy and does Houston as well. What he had going on with the Houston Texans was quite interesting. He had them passing on quarterback at number two and drafting your number two edge rusher, the six foot six, 270 pound Tyree Wilson out of Texas tech with the second. I'm definitely going to check that out. And I, and I know Lance pretty well. And you know, his his dad was a O-line coach for the Steelers and with the Browns when I was there. So they know they're wired in and he's a Houston guy. And I've heard him say on different podcasts that if Bryce young, isn't there, don't be shocked if they don't go quarterback. So maybe that's the way he laid that out. And oh, by the way, you know, a Niner guy coming over, they're going to stress D lineman like crazy with traits. Wilson sure has traits. I mean, he's 6'6", 271 with pterodactyl arms. I think he's a better athlete, moldable piece of clay than he is football player right now. So that to me gives him a little bit of bust potential, but like, I wouldn't hesitate to take him at five or six. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I'm taking him at two, but. Right. I, I do think that there's work to be done there, that it's a tremendous ball of clay. That's exactly the way I feel about Tyree Wilson. Okay, there's some traits mm-hmm. there. You would like a little bit more production. Will Anderson easily over him. But yeah. once you get past that point and you don't have a quarterback to draft, you don't have a Will Anderson to draft. Well, Tyree Wilson's right there. And there's a lot of upside there in that arm length and, and does meet a lot of the, the criteria that is, that is kind of freakish athletically that people are looking for in the NFL, but there, there's some things missing from his resume that I would want to see at the college level that I didn't quite get to see with some, some domination that I did see with other players. So it puts him behind him for me, but I wouldn't fight anybody to put Tyree Wilson number two. Right. I mean, if Seattle grabs him at five, I get it. You know, I mean, it's an easy I, one. You know, I do want to say to, to Lance Zerline's uh, defense, 
A, if you think a mock draft looks crazy, wait till the real draft. You don't follow the draft. Because <laughs> right. the real draft is always so much more bizarre than any mock draft that you think is unrealistic because the 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 NFL, each individual NFL uh, war room is not in the you know media group think that everyone kind of gets into with all of these players. And the other part of it is last year in 2022, the Houston Texans had two first round picks. Uh, and guess which analyst got both of those picks right? No, did he? He's yeah, definitely dialed in with Houston. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a team that you don't want to fight him on, it's probably Houston. No doubt about it. And he and he writes every NFL.com player profile for the draft, too. Like, Lance's a busy dude, and he's very good. Oh, he does that. a great job, too. I love, love yeah, Lance's yeah. line's work. Um, by the way, and so you know, go check out the rest of his mock draft. There's a lot of surprises in it. Uh, that was surprise number one. Second surprise by Houston was then they went and got a quarterback trading up from number 12. Okay. To draft Will Levis, which really pissed oh, off wow, a lot of wow, people wow. that are around the Houston area and the Houston wow. fans. So uh, he was not popular locally in in his Houston area for uh, for a couple of days there after that mock dropped. Good stuff. I like the I like the stones though by Lance. Good stuff. Love it. Fantastic. Uh, so Will Anderson won. Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, number two edge in this class. Who's your number three? Yeah, I don't feel super strong about three through eight. You know, I mean, all these guys, I think, are very scheme situational, depending what you're looking for. But the more and more I study Will McDonald from Iowa State, I just think that his play demeanor, his hustle, his bend, he's a little smaller than the other guys. He's just under 240 pounds, leaner waist. But boy, his tape is awesome. He's a really good prospect, and it's sort of a, a, a pick your flavor after yeah, the it top is. couple of guys. And there might be a gap after one for me, and then a gap after two, even just because you know, uh, do you want a bigger body guy? Do you want speed off the edge? What are you looking for? And where are you drafting? Is a big exactly. And it's hard to really place where the rest of these edge rushers will go in this class after probably you know one or two. And, and if Will Anderson doesn't go one, he's definitely going two in edge rushers. And then then we'll see how the rest of these guys fall into place. So Will McDonald out of Iowa State, really nice prospect there and uh and, and really flashes with a lot of athleticism. Number three on your list. Number four on your list had a recent pro day that we've got to talk about next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel. NBA playoffs almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And, uh, man, the tournament was so fun to bet on. There are NFL draft props. You can uh, find NFL futures, win totals up now at FanDuel. And new customers get a no-sweat first bet at FanDuel. Up to $1,000 back if you're in bonus bets, if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Love the app, love the website interface. Uh, it could not be simpler to find your bets, what you're looking for, make those bets, build your own bets, combine your bets for a, for a better chance at a payout as well with the same game parlays that are fun. And of course, those tasty draft props, then bet on everything. I mean, NFL bets to be made, NBA bets to be made, Major League Baseball now going every day all summer long, money line, point scores, three drained, home runs, wins, whatever you want to do, you can find it at, at FanDuel. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We've got Will Anderson one, Tyree Wilson two, Will McDonald three, 
and Miles Murphy out of Clemson for Matt. And I just want to go through uh, your number four edge rusher here mm-hmm. and, and and take a look at what he did at the Clemson Pro Day. Because uh, it's, it's we, we talked about Miles Garrett and some freakiness. Tyree Wilson has some freakiness. Uh, Miles Murphy still hasn't put it all together, but 6'5", 268, a 4-5-1, 40-yard dash, uh, you know, 25 bench press reps. The the agilities, and this is where you start to see it on tape, the agilities were good but not great. You know, 7.22. Ideally, you want 7 or even below 7, which is something that Nick Bosa was able to do with those three cones, you know, to get around the corner. Will Anderson as well, like that that bend to to dip and get around the corner, the change of direction. It was okay. You know, 4.28 short shuttles, good, but just not quite great even though his four five one at nearly 270 pounds was absolutely great so a little bit straight line-ish there and that's a little, i think the worry with miles murphy and it does show up on tape yeah and i like him a lot i think you line him up all over the line of scrimmage you know we saw this with like trayvon walker last year and i think there's some similarities there uh, these big ends that are versatile have a lot of value loops and stunts and put them over guards and that type of thing consistency is not great though you know down to down game to game it was fine not phenomenal you know he needs might maybe get a little bit more of a fire lit under him yeah and, and there's a reason that a guy who's is six foot five 270 pounds that runs a four five one isn't being talked about as the top edge in the class in a top five block of a pick yeah right 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 i mean he has rare traits there's no doubt another player and, and look after i've said it after one and two it's really hard to put these guys in order um, and and really even after one for me, because I think Will Anderson's on another level, but I, I wouldn't be completely shocked if Lucas Van Ness is the second edge in this class, but he could be fifth. I mean, he could fall out of the first round. I have no idea what to think about the redshirt sophomore out of Iowa, 6'5", 270 pounds, powerful, put up really good testing numbers as well. The best, uh, the best speed to power sort of bull rusher in this class, I think, and you, you got to believe there's a lot more in the pro game to come for Lucas Van Ness. If you're drafting him, drafting him in the first half of the first round, then he showed at Iowa, even though he, he did show a lot. He did. And I, I could see him going in the top 10. I, you could see why people love him. He is a bully. I mean, he goes through people with power and I think that's great. And some of the best big 10, you know, big 10 had a lot of linemen coming out this year and he did really well against all those guys. I just don't know that you're going to go through the middle of a chest of, you know, offensive tackles at the next level. I wish there was just more refinement to his game. I mean, he's a bull in a China shop and that's a great place to start. He's a wrecker, but I think I need a curveball too, you know? Right. Yeah. You need that secondary offering because even if you could go through the chest of an offensive lineman once, they're going to know that that's your move. And right, right, right. if you don't have anything else, then uh, life starts to get a little bit difficult. Although you would still be, you know, stout at the point of attack and, you know, we talk a lot about edge rushers and their pass rush ability. You got to stop the run first to get to that third and long to go get the quarterback. Yeah. And there's a lot to work with there. I mean, that's the thing with all these guys. There's a lot of ability of this class. Uh, who are the honorable mentions? Who, who are the players that were tough to leave out of your, your top five edge rushers in the 2023 class, Matt? There's a lot of them, to be very honest. I'll just kind of spin through them. BJ Ojolari from LSU, Felix and Nuke Uzama. I've killed his name over and over. Uh, he's a Kansas State guy, Keon White, Georgia Tech, Derek Hall from Auburn, um, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. All those guys to me are borderline first, almost guaranteed top 50 type picks. And then I have two guys I'm really 
psyched about that maybe you're like round three or four guys, and that's Louisville's Yaya Diaby and Eastern Michigan Jose Ramirez. Both those guys are, are really impressive to me too that you might get a little bit of a bargain this year. Uh, both Yaya Diaby and Jose Ramirez, I'm seeing a lot on, on teams' 30 visits. I, I just think they're Ooh, getting another look and, and completing their – their uh, assessment of those players. And you see that a lot where there's certain prospects that are really popular, you know, maybe that didn't get invited to the combine or you still mm-hmm. need some medical or you still haven't met with them yet because they're, they flew a little bit under the radar throughout the draft process and, and Jose Ramirez. And I think Yaya Diaby is, is, is also one of those. It makes perfect sense. Diaby blew up the combine and big guy and Ramirez tapes really good too. That brings us to off-ball linebackers, and we teased it earlier with Nolan Smith not being part of your edge class and being an off-ball guy, and clearly that a lot of that has to do with size, I'm sure, Matt, but Will McDonald was on your list, and he's only, what, 239 pounds, so not, not a huge difference. When you're talking about guys in the 230s, it's hard to picture them holding up at the point of attack with their hand on the ground. So... I have to come clean. I basically what happened is I cheated. It is I, <laughs> yeah, we do these tri- triple takes for Steeler.com where you feature five guys and we talk about others. We do a video. You can see them on Steelers.com. And I just think the edge class is much, much better than the linebacker class. So it got me an extra name to talk about in my top five if I put him off the ball. Frankly, I think he's more Hassan Reddick than he is off the ball linebacker, but everyone's looking for the Micah Parsons, you know, around here, you might remember the name Lawrence Timmons, you know, the the Steelers drafted Lawrence Timmons and called him an outside linebacker, which is an edge, a three, four guy. And then the next pick, they took Woodley out of Michigan and then said Timmons is now an inside linebacker, you know, so I think he can do all the above. I love Nolan Smith and I think he, it's probably better coming forward off the edge, but I wanted to put him with the linebackers because I don't love the linebacker crew and I love the edge crew. I'm a little bit worried with Nolan Smith that teams are going to double count his, his athleticism because Maybe. he's yeah. teeing on tape and he's 6'2", 238. If he's going to play the edge, he better be athletic at 6'2", 238. And, and to your defense, Matt, uh, Will McDonald, even though he's a, only a pound heavier, he's 6'4", so you can project a little Good bit point. more of the frame and getting a little bit bigger. It's hard to see Nolan Smith with his build being any bigger than 240 pounds throughout his career, which uh, used to be kind of even small for him for an inside linebacker, let alone an edge guy. Uh, but he actually defends the run pretty well for his size. So he is scrappy and he's, you know, as, as athletic as all get out coming off the edge and, and, and will be probably one of the top three edge players in this class. I would put on the edge cause that's, that's where you put him. And I think teams screwed up putting the Arizona Cardinals, at least screwed up putting Hassan Reddick as an off ball backer instead of on the edge where he belonged. Absolutely. And Nolan Smith absolutely belongs on the edge. Cause that's his skill set. but there's going to be teams that are like, Nope, we don't do six, two, two thirty eight on the edge. We just don't do it. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be team specific, you know, but you know, I, I think he's a phenomenal prospect, but we'll see where he lands. You know, Drew Sanders three are all together. So the next three are in their bundle to me. It just depends what you're looking for. And I think they're the day two guys. And then I think this kind of drops off a cliff a little bit. Yeah, it's tough with off-ball linebackers. A, man, off-ball linebackers really do not have a high level of success getting drafted. And um, I think for this class, it's going to save some teams because I don't know if there's a first-round off-ball backer that's that's out there, especially when you consider Nolan Smith's not an off-ball guy either. He's he's, he's an edge player an outside linebacker. He could do some other things because he's athletic and, and do multiple things for you. But, you know, number one is, is his going to be his ability to come off the edge But the rest of these guys. Um, I like them, but uh, I, I'm talking day two and, and right. three for some of these. A hundred percent. And so 
Drew Sanders from Arkansas, Jack Campbell from Iowa, Trenton Simpson from Clemson. To me, they're tier two, and there couldn't be any more different. I mean, Sanders was an edge at Bama and has not Nolan Smith level, but I mean, edge very, he can line up and beat tackles with pass rush moves. He's not just a blitzer. He's also 6'4", covers a lot of ground, really good player. Jack Campbell's huge. You know, I mean, he's 6'5", almost 250. Mike Backer, middle of your defense. Tested a lot better than I expected. Throwback type, though. I mean, first-round pick all day long in 1985. You know, and Trenton Simpson is the... Uh, who's the Brown? Uh, JOK. Uh, he reminds me of that guy. You know, like, he's he's a little... Lo- he's, a, he's long. He's a super athlete. Almost safety-turned-linebacker. Overhang player. Not as doesn't see things as well as Campbell and Sanders, but gets there faster than anybody. So just depends what you want out of those three. There's a lot of those types of players. There in this are class, Matt. Let's talk about a few more of those. And number five on your list as well sort of fits that along with number four, Trenton Simpson. And then I've got a couple of names and I think you have some honorable mention names as well as it pertains to off ball linebackers in the 2023 NFL draft. Do you want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day for your second listen? Check out the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino with the newest from Locked On. Locked On NFL scouting with the draft dudes, talking free agency, salary cap management, and of course the NFL draft. How to build a successful franchise every Monday through Friday. Find all the Locked On podcasts, including Locked On NFL scouting on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, Make sure you're subscribed up to the Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. Uh, data tells us not every most people who are watching aren't even subscribed. So click that button, the thumbs up and all that. Appreciate it. Off-ball backers, according to Matt Williamson in the 2023 NFL draft. Um, Nolan Smith, we talked about him, can I quasi-edge so mm-hmm. or, or fully edge and, and can do some off-ball stuff. Then you got Drew Sanders, Arkansas, Jack Campbell out of Iowa, and Trent Simpson out of Clemson. In that order, who is the number five and really the number four off-ball backer in this class? Man? Yeah. To me, there's a big drop-off then. I, I, I do like Dayan Henley from Washington State. I think he's probably a third-round pick. As you mentioned, there's a lot of these 220 to 230-pound true off-the-ball guys that can really run. Um, I think he exemplifies that well. But I don't adore him. You know, I mean, I'm going to have a lot fewer honorable mentions off the ball than at edge. We're just seeing so much of that with the way the college game is going and the NFL can only deal with what they're getting from the college game. So we're talking about edge rushers in the two thirties and we're talking about linebackers in the teens and the, in the two twenties. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Dion Henley is that, but he's so active and flies around and, and really meets what teams are, are finding success now with linebackers who have to play, you know, that three down role. There's no thumpers left in the NFL. Uh, at inside backer you got to be able to run got to be able to cover tight ends got to be able to cover the slot got to be able to get out and and catch those crossers coming across the field and so much stress is put onto these guys and then you got to be able to uh, defend the run and, and chase down running backs in the run game as well and a lot more athletic quarterbacks and spy those guys too so you know it, it's tough to play linebacker in the nfl right now and, and teams are looking for speed oversized and henley's super active and athletic linebacker at 6'1 225 and, and definitely fits that bill and you know it could be one of those guys you end up drafted mid third round and turns out to be, you know, a star starting linebacker in the league, which is where I'm trying to draft my linebackers. Uh, definitely not in round one. I a hundred percent. There's a lot of busts early on. A lot of mistakes are made for athletes over 
football players at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some good ones, you know, I think that are day three-ish guys that are probably going to make their bones on special teams, maybe take a year. And that might be the path this year to, to get your backer. And I got two names there I like there as well. Okay, what do you got? Tulane's Dorian Williams doesn't seem to be getting a lot of buzz, but he's just under 230 pounds as well, runs extremely well, um, eats up a lot of space. He's 6'1", so he's not a shorter, stumpy guy either. Um, really high effort dude as well. I think if you get him in the third or fourth round, he's your best special teamer from day one. Maybe next year he's your starting backer and lasts a long time. Um, the other name I would definitely wanted to bring up, though, is Alabama's Henry Chuchu, Chuchu or Toto. A um, little bit leaner as well. Toto, Toto. Okay, yeah, you're right. I've heard it said correctly, and I've not said it correctly, of course. Super productive for Bama. I mean, not a freak, but, you know, leaner guy. I, I, he's 50 career starts. You know, I think he'll translate pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a plug-and-play guy, can come in and play, and he's athletic and uh, not super big, and, and I've done some work on him mm-hmm. and uh, flies around as he well. Does. You know, I, I'd put him right in that group with with Dion Henley as sort of that third round, maybe third, mm-hmm. fourth round type of a, a linebacker that could come in, and if he ends up starting for a decade, wouldn't be shocked, you know, uh, but uh, he, it's not a slam dunk whether or not he's going to, you know, be excel at the NFL level, but there is a lot to like. Um, no doubt. No doubt. I've got one more name for you who's, yeah, who's kind of way off the radar that I think people need to start paying attention to. And he's so under the radar for multiple reasons because a, he wasn't invited to the combine, went to a small school. Now he got dinged up in the, the draft process and is not, uh, wasn't able to do a pro day workout, but he's on the list of, of a lot of, 30 visits for teams because they're trying to get the medical. They're trying to get that workout with him and, and meet with him because they didn't get to at the combine. And nobody went out to Sacramento State. Stingers up. With the, I'm going out west here locally uh, with the, the Sacramento State Hornets safety slash linebacker. This guy was like, basically, do you remember what Brian Erlacher was at New Mexico? Oh, man. He returned kicks. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's what this guy is. Marte Mapu out of uh, out of Sacramento State. And he was okay. at the Senior Bowl. So shout out to Jim Nagy for inviting him to the Senior Bowl. Was really good at the Senior Bowl. He's only going about, uh, he was listed at 217 pounds. So he's that, you know, safety slash linebacker hybrid. I think he's a, you know, a, a linebacker all day in the NFL. Can can play special teams early in his career, but can cover guys uh, and, and, and 6'2". So, you know, he could get a little bigger if he needed to be in the 220s, which I think teams will want him to be. He's a player I really like and uh, definite sleeper for me at the off-ball linebacker position, Marte Mapu. Might go a little higher than people. Uh, and might, might shock some people where they go, well, who's that guy? I never heard of him. Well, now you have Marte Mapu. I love it. I, I do know the name. I, you know, the, the profile is a smaller run and hit, you know, exciting type guy, sort of like this. We've talked about with these last several. Uh, one other name I just want to throw out quickly because I think a lot of people are familiar with him. Penny Sewell's younger brother, Noah. I mean, he is. What's interesting about him is if he comes out 20 years ago, maybe he's a first round pick. And I, I feel like Bill Belichick's the only one in the league that's going to want this guy because he is not really good in coverage or playing in reverse. But he's like Dante Hightower coming downfield. I mean, he just crushes guards, really physical, kind of plays like his brother. And I was listening to a podcast, and I wish I remember which one it was, but uh, PFF's Mike Renner suggested maybe he should move the edge and just come forward all the time. You know, you love his play demeanor, but he's just not a modern-day linebacker. 
that's not a bad idea either. Yeah. Especially with teams more willing, you know, if you're playing positionless football on offense, then you kind of got to play some positionless football on defense. And, you know, if teams don't know where you're coming from with your guys and who's coming when and who can cover and who can't just make sure everyone can cover everyone can get after the quarterback a little bit and probably help you out on, on that side of the ball. But yeah, 246 pounds at six, one and a half uh, definitely has some of that thumper size old school, but you know, worked out pretty well four six four in the 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, not bad. That, that's that's good speed for someone that's that's close to 250 pounds at off ball backer these days. He's just a, a bowling ball rolling downhill. I mean, he runs well in straight line. He just doesn't cover well or play in mm-hmm. reverse. So maybe you just want to put him on the line of scrimmage and go get him. I mean, he'll be like the best kickoff coverage guy in the league. <laughs> There's Matt Williamson's top off ball linebackers, edge guys, some hybrids in there as well. Uh, let us know what you think at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. If you have sleepers off the edge or at linebacker, we'd love to hear it. Or in the YouTube comments, and make sure you're subscribed up to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>